This Bible study podcast is a presentation of Sunset Presbyterian Church. For more information, log on to our website at www.sunsetpres.org. Thank you, Alyssa. Um, at this point, if you guys want to stand up and stretch, you can, because we're going to be here another 20 minutes, and I don't want you to get to sore or stiff. And we're going to invite our panelists up. And so these three ladies, we were excited. Each, each of them has a story to share. And I'm just going to kind of interview them and ask them a few questions. But how I'm going to start out is I'm going to ask each of them to introduce themselves, tell you which Bible study they attend, and what people group God has placed on So. Let's start with Sue here. Hi, I'm Sue Dowdy, and I started attending Sunset Press when it moved to this campus. And I'm so excited to be here because I've been so envious of you ladies. Um, I was a working mom for many years, and many of my friends came here, and I heard how neat it was. So I'm excited to be here. Um, I do, though, go to the Thursday morning 6 a.m. group. Once I retired, I joined them. And it's not that hard. It's a great group of ladies. We help each other learn about the Bible, and we really support each other. Um, I'm not really sure why Lindsay asked me, but I've been doing since since about 2014. uh, I've been building an awareness of homeless families and teens. The correct term is um, families in unstable housing. And I've been on that journey with members here. And it really began about 20 years ago. And as a teacher, I noticed a subtle difference in my students. Some of the really good ones didn't have their supplies. How dare they come to my class without their supplies? But talking to them, their families didn't have the money. So I began keeping supplies in my room. Then there was the stinky student. Oh, the kids complained off and on for about two weeks about the stinky student. I mentioned it to the counselor who talked to the child And there had been a change in that child's family, and they were living in their car. It's awful hard to wash clothes as a parent in the car. It's awful hard for the kid to have a multiple big wardrobe when you live in a car. And so that counselor and I began adding laundry duty to our teaching requirements. Then um, there was a change in the service projects we were asked to do. Um, we were asked to help build a library in the Good Neighbor Community Center, which is the only long and long at six weeks, um, place where homeless families can get a start. Then we were asked to help collect gift cards for the Beaverton School District liaison of homeless. Yes, we have a department that deals with homeless in Beaverton schools. And those gift cards to Starbucks and Subway were to provide Christmas and Thanksgiving dinner. Then counselors came to me and said, hey, instead of giving away the food you collect on your big canned food drive, Can we keep it here and let our own family shop? And that developed into having in a middle school our own food bank for kids to come pick up food. When I retired in the fall of 2004, I had to start taking online classes that the district required their subs to take. I was blown away when I did the homeless one. It shocked me that our district competes with Beaverton, I mean, with Portland, to see who has the most homeless students each year. And we're not talking hundreds. We're talking last year about 1,500 kids. The Lord, after doing that 
online class laid on my heart that this is where I want you to spend some time. Disclaimer, I do not have a great project that I can share with you. I have just been walking, learning about these people. And um, disclaimer, too, I'm very frustrated because I see this building empty. Last night, three to five families in Beaverton their, with their kids slept in their car. You know how cruddy it was last night. This gym was empty. So um, I'm not where I want to be, but I'm on a walk. Oh, wow. Okay, I was listening. <laughs> yeah. I'm a teacher. <laughs> okay, help me out. I was listening so closely, I forgot the question. <laughs> Which Bible study you attend, how long you've been at Sunset, and what God has laid on your heart recently in regards to bridging differences outside okay. the church. Okay, I'd, I'd like to do the first part and then go deeper later. Okay, I'm Linda Burnett. Uh, I've been attending Sunset about 20 years with a five-year hiatus. Ten years ago, I married my husband, Michael. He lived on the east side. I lived on the west side. I went to a big church. He went to a church of about 50 people and was very involved every Sunday. So we kind of worked out a deal. He'd move to the west side, and I'd go to his church. And that worked for about five years. In the meantime, I had been attending... Bible study here for about 15 years. Some of those years I worked full-time and couldn't be here. Other times I worked part-time and always made sure I had Tuesdays off. But one time here, uh, somebody mentioned men's morning watch, and they were going to have steak and eggs for breakfast. So I went home, and I told Michael, and I said, why don't go check it out? He did. And that's what turned us around to coming here. And uh, so we've been here about five years. And I've loved this Bible study, and I love my group. I, going back the 15 years, uh, there's only one other person in our group that goes back that far. So, you know, God recycles, moves people around. And uh, what I'm going to share today is meeting a neighbor who was very different for me and how she's affected my life and my faith. Hi, I'm Carol Long. Um, I've been at Sunset for um, about eight, 18 years and in the women's Bible study here on Tuesday morning for about 12. And um, so the group of people that I ended up serving, um, as some of you may know, as, as William Walker, the students and the faculty at that school. Um, and how I got into that was um, basically um, I was asked, um, so the powers that be here at Sunset, I think they, how it all began with the church was they decided to become intentional about being in the community. And that was I don't know, maybe 10 years ago or so. So they had a dis discussions about that, and they decided that they would like to try to partnership with a school in the area to be a support to be support to the school. So somehow my name surfaced with the powers that be here, and I was asked if I would be the liaison between um, Sunset and William Walker. And um, I had some experience in volunteering um, with the ESL program here, helping the children um, 
providing activities for the kids while the parents were learning English, and then also with the SMART program, which is Start Making a Reader Today, if you don't know what that means, in one of the elementary schools. So I had worked with kids, but when I was asked to be this liaison person, I had no idea what that would entail, and I knew nothing about William Walker at the time. So um, I was to learn a lot about the school in the process, and it was pretty uh, a scary proposition in a way to take on something that I'd never done before, and it was kind of a new role. So I'm going to talk about how I became um, and ended up accepting uh, being involved in that volunteer activity, which ended up loving. What I love about each of these ladies is how God put on their heart, um, how he spoke to you in different ways, through Sue, through her work. It started with a seed 20 years ago and an awareness. With um, Linda, a neighbor moved in. And with Carol, it was a formal um, volunteer project here at Sunset that she said yes to, just jumping in, diving in. So I see why I asked them. I'm excited about this. So the next question is, Having come from different backgrounds, how did you begin um, building relationships? Uh, what were some of the key steps you took in building relationships with these people or persons? You want Linda to go first? Okay. Uh, we're going to rotate. Rotate. Okay. You know what? She's a teacher. She always takes <laughs> charge. I know soon. Okay. So uh, about a year ago, uh, someone moved into, a family moved into the townhouse next to us. We always have an American flag out during the day, and I didn't see the family right away, but I did see a flag like this on their door. And I went, hmm. So I tried to memorize it in my mind, went home, Googled it, and found out it was Kuwait. Well, a few days later, the family came to our door and said, hello, we're new to your neighborhood, would want to be good neighbors, and gave us this huge box of Godiva chocolates. I was like, whoa. Ooh, and um, <laughs> the woman was wearing a hijab and beautiful preschool children, and so we, I said, thank you. And a few days later, I baked banana bread and brought it over to her and then invited her another time to come for coffee. And so she came to my home, and on my coffee table is my Bible and devotional Jesus Calling. And she said, oh, I believe in Jesus. So that opened a whole interesting conversation. I want to know how many of you have an acquaintance with a Muslim? Okay, have you talked to them <laughs> about faith? Oh, it's very interesting, I'll tell you, because we do believe in so many of the same things. And I've done a lot of readings since meeting Khadijah, and uh, I'm reading a really difficult book about relating to Islam as a Christian. Um, Muhammad, who wrote the Quran, was born about 600 years after Christ, and they believe that he was given the Quran through the angel Gabriel, and it is the final word from God. They believe in God. They believe in heaven and hell. They believe in resurrection. Um, 
they believed Jesus was a prophet. So one time I said, well, you know, Jesus is the son of God. And she said, God didn't have children. I went, oh, boy, this is, this is harder than I thought. And, and it was. And then, oh, boy, try to explain the Holy Spirit. I can't even explain it to somebody who's a believer. So there were, there's been lots of obstacles. But what has happened through our relationship is learning to love one another. And for me, I hear a lot of people thinking Islam is ISIS. And boy, she set me straight on that, which I didn't believe to begin with. Um, so, unfortunately, they moved away to Irvine for her husband's schooling. We stay in touch through phone calls and, fa- and texts. In fact, I texted her this morning saying, hey, guess what I'm doing today? <laughs> Pray for me. And so we continue <coughs> our friendship long distance. And one sweet thing before they moved, when she came to tell me they were moving, she ran back to her house and got this flag and then said, oh, wait a minute. And she sprayed it with her perfume. And I keep it in my devotional book. And what I pray is that I can be the aroma of Christ to her and that God will continue to develop me to understand Islam and to be able to share with others that he might put in my path who are Muslim. She calls herself my Muslim daughter. Uh, I hope she will one day be my Christian daughter. Um, I sometimes say to God, you know, it would have been a whole lot easier if you had put an atheist in my path. (laughs) A whole lot easier, (laughs) believe me. But, you know, God knows more than I do. I've learned that right away. But Anyway, that's my story of of my relationship with my neighbor, Khadijah. And it's been so sweet. Uh, Such a generous woman. And I've learned about Ramadan. She's learned about Easter. I took Easter baskets to her kids. And, (laughs) you know, and and, uh, she said, oh, this is the most blessed celebration in your faith. And I said, yeah. Yes, it is. And I was so embarrassed because, you know, we are so ethnocentric as Americans. We know, I mean, I didn't even know where Kuwait was. I had to find that out. And yet she knew a lot more about our culture and our faith. And so it's it's caused me to rethink how do I tell people what I know And I always believe in the statement that people do not care how much you know until they know how much you care. Um, I guess I should have said uh, when I was talking prior to um, this that when I was asked to be the liaison, I didn't really have a good reason to say no. Um, so I, I thought, well, why, why do I kind of not want to do this? Mostly it's the fear of the unknown and what is that going to entail and how much time is it going to take and am I really equipped to do this? But then I keep referring back to the statement that God doesn't pick those who are well prepared. He, he equips those that maybe aren't so prepared and, and picks the ordinary person to do 
some extraordinary things. So anyway, um, so I basically um, went um, and met with the counselor at William Walker, who was such an incredible, amazing woman. And she totally inspired me, and I, I just felt like we could do anything um, with her. She was contagious in her love and heart for the kids there at William Walker. And she described to me the demographics of the children at William Walker, um, so I got to really know um, the makeup of the school. And about 85% of the kids there are on free lunch, which means they're at or below the poverty line. Uh, most of the kids do not speak um, English well. They're <coughs> mostly Hispanic. <coughs> but besides that, there's about 25 languages that are spoken there. So there's a lot of children there that, excuse me, <coughs> are not, you know, spe English speakers. Um, so that was really a shock to me. Um, there were so many children, so many families that most of the families there live in apartments. They don't have permanent housing. So they're, they're living in small quarters. They um, basically, um, um, they, the parents don't speak English. So there's a lot of challenges with the kids there. And I was just absolutely surprised that a school 10 minutes from where I lived was with this makeup of students. Um, so um, she began to tell me some of the needs and just basically gave me a list of eight to 10 things that um, they could use help with, and a lot of it was um, helping in the classroom, helping a child read, being a lunch buddy, um, basically doing um, copying. There were just a huge list, and basically, as I was um, um, sort of asked to be this liaison to bring volunteers from the church to the school, I really just wanted to step in and do everything. I'm, I, I wanted to do all the things on the list. I'm like, okay, I could do that and this, and I'm thinking there's no way I could do all this. But I became passionate about trying to find people here that would be able to go and help volunteer there. So that was sort of my, um, that was sort of what, quote, my job was to be. But in the end, I did volunteer for, um, I signed up for their SMART program there start uh, which is start making a reading reader today which is reading with a child and then a few other of the activities that they had um, wanted um, help with so um, I just was wanted to say that it was such a blessing for me to meet someone um, like the counselor that worked there and all the faculty and even though there were great challenges with the kids there um, these these um, the people there that were working there just had such an incredible passion for what they were doing, and it was really contagious. And um, so that's why um, I just jumped in with both feet, and I felt um, to give a child a chance and to be able to teach them to read or to support them in their learning is was just be it's just invaluable. And how do you ever put a price on that? So um, anyway, I just continue to want to volunteer there, volunteer there and help. Um, I've had to back off a little bit because of some issues in my own life. But, um, but anyway, it continues to be a passion for me. I have one thing. Statistic I read is that Islam is the fastest growing religion in the world.
that we all need to understand their faith and be able to share our faith in a way that is considerate. To add something else, um, I did teach in the Beaverton School District, and I want to let you know that because of your work in William Walker, um, teachers know about Sunset Press. Word gets out about the great work you've done there. So I'm telling you that from an insider side. But Sunset's work. Yeah. Um, Lindsay's second question was asking us how we built this relationship. And so to pick up on my side, dealing with families and teens and unstable housing, I was so excited from seeing that video that I marched into Janet Frazier's office. Now, this could be a problem. Got to give you this disclaimer. I walked in and said, Janet, we got to do something about homeless kids. And we were just starting the serve project. She goes, yep, let's do it. So we worked, we talked to Lisa Messina, the Beaverton School District Homeless Liaison. She led us to Home Plate, which is a nonprofit organization that deals with homeless kids in Washington County. And three nights a week, they put on a dinner. So for three serve groups, we put on a dinner. And then we also helped them with their kickball tournament. And so that was the first step in building a relationship with some homeless folks. And then we did a fall serve group where we put on a fitness fair, fitness fair, excuse me, at Cedar Park. And I was working on the food end of it. And towards the end, we had more food than we had participants. So I was walking around giving out bags of food to different parents. And this one mom very quietly said, could I have another bag? I I don't want to be greedy, but we have 12 people living in our house. In their two-bedroom apartment, it was. That blew my mind, so gave her three bags of food. And I saw her husband didn't have a coat, and I says, hey, let's go get a coat. Oh, no, the, the clothing giveaway is for kids. And I says, I brought five coats for my husband. You can have one of his. That expanded me from just homeless teens to families in unstable housing and their needs. And from then, Janet tapped me. And again, it can be dangerous to your time if you're a friend of Janet Frazier here in church. <laughs> Um, Janet tapped me to help her on the local mission task force that was going to find where we should serve as you, our congregation, directed us to work with the, those marginalized people. And we began to learn about different groups in our community that needed our help. Homeless stood out very strong. So first there were some very intentional acts I did, and then there were some God moments, like the time a friend at school called me, said, hey, there's this new thing called Family Promise starting up. It looks really good. I don't have the time because I work. You go to the meetings. And I started going to the meetings to learn about this agency, which the good news is this spring you're going to be hearing a lot about it because our church is going to start working with them. Then there was a time that I had an extra hour to in my schedule, and I was stuck out in Hillsboro, and I look up, and here's this church I've heard about that does so much with homeless, and I wandered in. I started talking to people there, and they led me to the homeless liaison for Washington County, and she became a big aid for our um, search here, trying to figure out what to do with the marginalized, and then I was at another meeting, and if you know me, I talk a lot. You can probably tell that already, and I started talking to the lady next to me, and she told me about this um, cafe that is put on by a joint effort of several churches in downtown Beaverton. They've been going on for 10 years giving meals to homeless, and then the final one was a former parent a parent of a former student called me. She said, Sue, you got to come learn about Second Home. 
and this is a unique deal to, to Beaverton, joint effort between Beaverton Schools, Beaverton Yekmenical, I said that wrong, group, and um, the Beaverton town, Beaverton City, in which they find homes for um, emancipated homeless teenagers to come live in your home. And so it, there was all these little God shoves to go learn about this. And it helped me build a deeper understanding of the needs of families and teens in unstable housing and also different agencies that work with them. So it's been a journey. I'm not where I want to be, but I'm walking with God. He keeps leading me into different spots. Thank you. So we have about five minutes left, and I'm going to end with a final question for you. Um, you can pick which question you want to answer. Either what judgments and differences have you had to overcome, work at overcome? Like, did you have some stereotypes that you had to overcome working or serving or building relationships? Or share one piece of advice that you'd like to leave us with to encourage us. Everyone gets a turn to be I, I guess I would like to, to answer the question of um, I, what was the first question again? I'm sorry. I was. Oh, those the judgments. Um, well, if you drive down um, the lane where William Walker is, it's in a nice neighborhood, and you would have no clue what is behind the doors um, of the school, and and so. I mean, it's not intimidating at all to go up to the school, but then as I was learning about the, you know, the, oh, turn it that way, at the school, um, and the challenges that they face, I thought, you know, it was kind of a daunting task, but they're, they're ordinary children, and they just need people to um, spend time with them, and have a heart with them, and they're, they're eager to learn, um, and they're, they're just wonderful. I've, I've had a lot of joy working there. And one of the questions that, that you had posed that you didn't ask, but I'd like to share, one of the greatest joys that I've had of being there was to have a child in the beginning of the year not know how to read, not really be interested in reading, and that at the end of the year be able and be excited to come and see me and want to read a book to me. I mean, that was, that just brought such joy to me. And to think that there's, you know, so many other children there that would, would just die to have that opportunity as well, I think. And, and so, um, anyway, I just feel like it's just a matter of, I, I know that um, it's it's not on everybody's heart to work with kids, but um, but I feel like so I feel like you know if it is that's a it's a wonderful opportunity in our in our community um, if you'd like to do something like that. Okay, um, hmm. I think whenever you're you go into a group that is different from yours, you do go in with some preconceived ideas. Um, I know this firsthand because many years ago I lived in an area that was predominantly black and um, my husband was black. So I kind of learned what it was like to be the other 
one. And uh, it was a great learning experience. So it it has colored how... Oh, that was a bad choice of words. <laughs> it has... Um, adjusted <laughs> kind of how I, how I look at other people and other groups and I think perhaps I'm maybe a little, little less judgmental in some ways uh, so as far as getting to know Khadijah it was more like I was very curious to know and also I wanted to be able to come against people who had really ignorant harmful views of Muslims. So that was really dear to me because I heard people say they just want to kill all everyone who doesn't believe as they do. That is part of the Quran that they're out to murder us all. No. <laughs> um, one judgment I had to overcome was me thinking I knew everything. Um, <laughs> We, uh, Janet, after I found out about Family Promise, Janet Frazier and I were so excited. We invited him to come out. We knew we could do the Family Day Center. And I, we were very clear. you got half an hour to tell us. Don't give us any background. We already know it. Well, they showed up. Hour and 20 minutes of background. Not interested in what we needed. So we had to close down that meeting. And um, Janet said, let's pray about it for two days. So we came back. And Janet said, what do you think? And I go, No. It was my pride talk and not really what we needed. Janet said, no, I really feel the Holy Spirit saying no. Well, a year and a half later, guess what? We are ready as a church to work with them. And they're ready because they had to do some internal shifting. They're ready to work with us. So it's God's timing, not my timing. And one final piece of advice is if you feel God laying something on your heart or Jesus whispering in your ear or the Holy Spirit giving you a kick, move on it. Or as Elisa said, just start doing it because he, he's going to lead us. And it's the fear that keeps us back. He does, and, and he's, that hasn't given us the spirit of fear. He has given us the spirit of a sound mind. And we need to realize, just like you said, he doesn't pick the most equipped Moses couldn't talk very well, and look what he did. He gets, gives all of us what we need. So I encourage you to break out of those self-imposed limitations and reach out to maybe your neighbors who are gay or that single mom that you think doesn't need you or maybe helping with special kids with special needs. Whatever it is the Lord's kicking on you, you get up and move. Amen. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> Thank you, ladies. Thank you. Thank you, ladies. Um, let me close this in prayer. Encourage you to come talk to any of these ladies afterwards. Be here for a few minutes before we have groups. I hate this microphone. Sorry about that. Also, I will be back there if you want to talk about if registration. This is the final week, as Susan said this morning, to register. So come on back and chat with me. Hey, Lindsay, is it hard to be a table host? I heard you need a couple more. And <laughs> if I'm a little scared, what do I need to do to be a table host? Come sign up and talk to me. Okay. <laughs> it's super easy. <laughs> and we do need a couple more table hosts. Thank you, Sue. Wow. She's handy. <laughs> And also, if you did not pick up a book this morning, please stop by. We've got your book for you for the next section of Acts, Acts 13 through 28. So let me pray. Thank you so much, ladies. Oh, my gosh.
Lord, I just thank you for these three women who bravely said yes. It's not easy to share in front of a group of women, and I just thank you that they came, that they thank you for how you have drawn each of them into loving our world, Lord, to reaching out, to bridging differences, and to coming alongside others. And Lord, thank you for their humil- their humbleness, that they have done that with the with the mind of Christ, put aside their own um, desires and needs to come and love and learn and sit beside others. Lord, I pray that you bless this time, bless the small groups and their conversations, and we just say all together, Amen. Amen.